0: My name is Faisal Devji, and I will speak very briefly on the subject of uh, politics after Al-Qaeda. I'm a reader in Indian history here, uh, and I've already written a couple of books on this gruesome subject. Uh, Now that it's evident that Al-Qaeda is on the wane, and indeed has been so for the last couple of years, I think it's possible for us to place it within a historical context that is a more productive one than the one we usually hear, that is to say, uh, the one that deals with the rise of uh, the revival of religion. Um, and what I want to do today then is to suggest that looking at the emergence of Al-Qaeda uh, in terms of the post-Cold War period and the transformation of international of the international order during that period is a, is a, is a more uh, intellectually and politically viable way of dealing with the subject. Perhaps might begin then by asking us to consider the r- international responses to Osama bin Laden's recent um, demise, shall we say. Um, uh, It was very, very interesting. As you know, in Pakistan, uh, the response was all about infringement of sovereignty and the inability displayed supposedly by the Pakistani army and state. In the Muslim world, there was general apathy, and even in Britain and Spain, which were not so long ago victims of Al-Qaeda militancy there seemed to be very little public interest. The only real interest was in the United States, the remarkably pugnacious response uh, from the US. And indeed, all global media attention seemed to be focused not on Al-Qaeda itself or on Mr. Bin Laden and his his, uh, watery death, but rather on the reaction in the United States. That, I think, is very interesting. What might it tell us about Al-Qaeda politics after it? Well, one might argue that um, uh, Bin Laden's death, after all, was entirely symbolic because, as I've said, al-Qaeda had declined in importance in the the, uh, past few years. But then you might also say that his life and that of al-Qaeda was equally symbolic, given the fact that this outfit had never posed an existential threat to any country, not even uh, a, a jittery and wobbly one like Afghanistan. Um, It had never posed a political or indeed a military threat to any country. If anything, it had posed the threat of internal strife. In this country, for instance, race riots um, and religious strife. Um, So the U.S. reaction to bin Laden's uh, uh, killing, which was uh, one that was entirely domestic, that had to do with the revival of President Obama's uh, ratings and all the rest, I think was, was, was linked uh, uh, not to any desire uh, of the American establishment to, as it was, cynically use the bin Laden episode uh, for the revival of the President's uh, fortunes in the US, but rather it, was, it had become a domestic issue by default rather than by design. I think that's very important to note. And if anything, it signals Um, the failure of the United States to remake the international order uh, with the global war on terror, but indeed I would argue going further back (laughs) than that with the end of the Cold War. Because I think one of the things that both Al-Qaeda and the global war on terror uh, demonstrate is the crisis of the international system, as I've been saying, after the Cold War. After all, think about what Al-Qaeda was. Here you have famously a non-state actor, right? appealing to a global community, the global Muslim community, or ummah, uh, an entity which had no other political reality, no institutions, no forms of representation, nothing. Um, this ummah, however, did and does possess a certain sociological reality. Right? So when you remember the great waves of protest that periodically sweep the world over insults supposedly leveled to Muhammad, to the prophet Muhammad, from the Danish cartoons to the Pope's uh, comments and to the granddaddy of them all, the Salman Rushdie affair, you see for brief and temporary moments a global Muslim community actually coming into being, right? Uh, and it comes into being by people watching each other on television and all the rest. Uh, and then it subsides. So. The global Muslim community has some kind of sociological reality in a global arena, but has no political or institutional reality. And this is the kind of thing that I think Al-Qaeda, this is the kind of world in which it belongs. Uh, A world which the international order cannot really cross, which lies beyond, I think, um, its bounds. Now, the Muslim community, I want to argue, is um, uh, uh, is modelled on very deliberately, very explicitly, on the idea of the human race itself, an entity that arguably achieves a sociological reality during the Cold War. I mean, think about the Cold War's politics of mutually assured destruction, right? One in which the human species suddenly assumes a sinister reality, if only because it is possible to imagine its extinction in entirely non-theological ways. Um, uh, The idea of humanity, as we know, gets developed politically and juridically during this whole period, from mutually assured destruction, to human rights, to humanitarian intervention today. Uh, And indeed, in our own day, the human race seems to move, like the global Muslim community, outside political bounds altogether. Because now, when we talk about it, we talk about the species um, as uh, being threatened by global warming climate change, food and water security, things that are, as it were, more political than economic, more, more sorry, economic than political in any internationalist sense. Um, and it's interesting to note in this respect that bin Laden routinely used to uh, uh, talk about global warming, climate change, etc., when he mentioned uh, the global Muslim Ummah. Now, I want to wind up by suggesting that um, With the end of the Cold War, neoconservative thinkers in the United States actually had recognized this great transformation. That is to say, the coming into being of a global arena with no political institutions proper to itself. And I'll mention two popular ones. Uh, Francis Fukuyama, you'll recall his book, though you might not want to, uh, (laughs) The the End of History and the Last Man. And uh, Samuel Huntington's famous, equally famous or infamous Clash of Civilizations. These books seem to be opposed to each other, but when you think about them with hindsight, actually, they seem remarkably similar. Because what Fukuyama is arguing, in fact, is that the, the international arena or the international order has fulfilled itself utterly, completely. No international politics is possible any longer as a distinct politics. It's all, as it were, linked up to domestic liberal politics. There is no difference within this sphere. And what Huntington is arguing, is that um, uh, the international order has been surpassed. A new global arena has come into being whose categories of analysis and action are in fact um, uh, civilizational or cultural, right, not, um, not based on states. So it's no accident that bin Laden was a great fan of Samuel Huntington's and indeed uh, referred to him on more than one occasion. Um, this recognition, Uh, in the United States and elsewhere of the limits of the international order um, uh, 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 was followed up during the global war on terror with an attempt to territorialize and to internationalize global militancy, because it was evident uh, that global militancy did not belong to any conventional, juridical form of of, uh, international order. Uh, What it did, however, and I'll end here very shortly, is it ended up, the global war on terror, ended up pushing the international system itself to the edge, I think, uh, of rationality, uh, because it no longer became possible to make any kind of division between what was domestic and what was international in the way that one used to be able to in the past. Um, And that, I think, is exemplified by what I began with saying, the retreat into the domestic, uh, an instance of which is provided for by the US reaction to bin Laden's assassination, the inability to separate it from the international. So what we have today, in other words, is uh, an international order which I think is in crisis um, and a global arena which has no political institutions of its own. It's precisely this situation that allowed al-Qaeda to emerge in the first place. Thank you.